that's the thing that I've learned now as as an adult is that you do have to kind of be more clear and open. There's nothing I think worse for me than to feel like I haven't made any progress, even though I know I have, you know, I'm not trying to be too hard on myself, but there are certain areas of my life where I, I deserve to be hard on myself. <laughs> hey everyone, I'm Pamela Jimdar and you're listening to Better Late, the podcast about adult gymnastics. One of the things I didn't realize I was missing growing up, trying to be a competitive gymnast, was the motivation that comes with being surrounded by people with similar overall goals and similar level skills. Accountability is so important to staying motivated, and if you're lucky, you can find someone who makes you feel like you're not alone, even as an adult gymnast. In this episode, gymnast and therapist Shiva Vadatpur returns to Better Late to talk about goal setting, motivation, and the benefits of having training partners, even if you're not physically in the same place. I hope you enjoy this episode. The only way I would ever go back, because that was obviously my experience doing three years of J.O., In Virginia, the only way Mm -hmm. I would ever go back to doing that was two things like either the coach, like a coach like Michelle or somebody who really understood that I'm not just trying to like do whatever gymnastics (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and or having at least one other person my age with me. I am a competitive person, but when I was training with kids, I just didn't feel a competitive spark because how can you feel competitive about, I'm sorry, I'm not like a psychopath. I'm not going to be like, you 11 year old kid, I'm going to smoke you right now. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I just don't, I just didn't feel that drive. Maybe I should have, (laughs) but I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. I think Uh, that was a regular reaction. Okay. Yeah. So I'm actually, but I didn't expect that because when I was growing up, I was just in a bunch of rec classes here and there. And yeah, like I had kind of a shared camaraderie with my fellow. We're not going to be moved up to team no matter what. But after that, after I left that gym, it was a lot of like high school gymnastics classes and people who were just there just to kind of stay in shape or work out while their high school teams weren't, um, in session. And so Mm -hmm. I, I I just didn't even know that that would be a big deal for me that when I finally did get to train JO with a real JO team, how demotivating it would be not to have anybody else with the same goals. And that's what has been so amazing about meeting you Shivi, Mm -hmm. because even though we don't train together, I finally feel like I have I think I mentioned this to you before, not, I don't want to say rival, but like so many gymnastics greats have one per, like every person like who's done amazing things, like has, 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 I don't think trained alone. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's, it's definitely like lonely to like train alone or to have the, be the only person that has that goal. It makes it so open-ended. Like, what are you comparing yourself to if you're the only one? Mm-hmm. training like you um so what was your experience training growing up when you were doing jo as as a child and as a teenager do you remember in terms of like age or height and skill level like where you kind of fell yeah when you yeah were- i i do yeah i do i actually 
you know, it, it's so funny that the way they, that you like ask and like phrase it. Cause it's like, I know exactly, I know exactly where to go with it. Like my response, I, I have like specific things that I would, I remember. And when I think about gymnastics, I remember that, that experience. So like I was on pre-team or team when I was in fourth grade. So I was like, what, like nine or 10. And I remember being the oldest kid on the team. Wow. And then nine? I was, I was the oldest. Yeah. But there was, I think maybe one who was like maybe in my same grade, but they were a little bit younger. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. The, my, the gym that I went to was very much like kind of similar to the gym that you went to that told you that they don't put older kids on the team. Okay. Um, so I was like about to be like cut off from it. You know what I mean? But I, I don't know, like my experience of like trying to get on the team was I, I did, was doing gymnastics for like three years before I got on the team. And I don't know, like, I, I feel like I could have been on it sooner. <laughs> You know what I mean? But anyway, anyways, that's like a side tangent. But so I was like the oldest kid when I was in um, level four, level five was, I mean, I don't really have much memory of it other than I kind of, I mean, I sucked in level four. I was bad. <laughs> and I got, I gradually like kind of got better. The other factor too, is that when I first got on a team, I got on the AAU team instead of USAG. Um, so that's the other thing too. Was that the same gym? It was the same gym. Yeah. So I remember now, now that I'm talking about it, that my first team experience was AAU, which is, you know, they put the kids that are like, it's kind of like, um, NAIGC. Mm -hmm. But as I was on that team and I had more opportunities to get better because when I first started, I really sucked. And then I, I just kind of like got better as I went that the USAG coaches were like, oh, come to USAG. And then I did. And then that was great. I guess, you know, I got better and stuff like that. Cause I, I had like, you know, more coaches, more, more practice time, et cetera. That makes um, me mad though, to hear that in a sense that mm-hmm. like when you were saying that you, it took you three years to get on team and you feel like you should have gotten on sooner. And I believe you. I mean, you're not somebody who would just say that, <laughs> but it's like, it's frustrating mm-hmm. because it, it seems like you kind of hear about that, like mm-hmm. other guests or coaches that I've talked to. And they talk about like, you know, once this person spends more time or has more resources, then they get better. And then they are recognized. Mm-hmm. It's like, why don't you just have yeah. one way of teaching everybody and everybody learns everything the right way. And yeah, right. I know have one alternative program for it can be if it's a matter of oh my children don't want to anything other than like the social aspect and they do like 10 other sports like but now I feel like how excel was created was it's kind of like a catch-all for how if the gym doesn't think that you're worthy of the like the top track it's like I just it's frustrating to hear that you are training AAU and then all of a sudden you were good enough like yeah you were always good enough totally I think the other the other thing too that like when I was a kid I didn't really think about it but I think that the other the other part of it the other piece of it was really 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 financial Mm -hmm. I'm like I don't know I don't know to what extent because I don't think my parents remember or even if they do remember I don't know if they 
are like open to talking about it because I think they probably feel a sense of guilt. But I specifically remember my first time in that gym that, you know, like the one of the USAG coaches, and this was when I was like six, like came over and like made me do a push up, made me do a split, like maybe do a handstand. And they were like, oh, like, you know, I, I just have like, I really have that memory because I, that coach was very kind of like kind of a character. She was really interesting. And I didn't get to go on pre-team or team because my parents really didn't have any money like at all. And around the time that I got onto the team, that was also around the time that I, that my parents started kind of catching up, I would say. I mean, we were never like well off or anything like that. We were like hardly even middle-class. But at that point, like, I don't know what discussions were had with the coaches. I don't know if my mom and dad like reached out to them or something like that, or if they just organically, it just happened. I honestly couldn't tell you like what other factors might play into it, but for sure, at the end of the day, the bottom line is that I got better once I got on the better team with more resources and more coaches with more, um, you know, experience, et cetera, that kind of thing. Well, that's crazy. Like how how much instant gratification plays into, I am talking about instant gratification for a coach to be like, oh, you can do all of your level five skills in the first day of class. Well, we're, you are like super talented. Whereas like literally maybe it'll take two classes for, to see all that. for yeah. some Cause I, I remember my first day of like gymnastics, I, I did a pullover on the bars and I did like cartwheels on and like a bridge. And like, I mean, maybe because I didn't throw a back handspring, I wasn't seen as like, okay, she's talented enough, but it's like, I think that's still pretty, pretty good for yeah, it is. day of gymnastics. It totally is. Anyway, I'm, I'm straying from the main topic of this. Yeah. Well, when I got, when I got to like, to answer, to go back to your other question, when I got to, after level five, I moved, I had moved gyms to, mm-hmm. to um, the, 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 like, very, very, very intense place. Right. <laughs> so after level five, I, I went there, my, my coaches were there. They had moved gyms that um, the coaches I had worked with for a couple of years at that point. And I ended up skipping level six. I did one competition of level six and tested out and then went to level seven. I had this thing where I was like, okay, if I'm a level seven, and I'm in seventh grade, then I'll be level eight when I'm in eighth grade. And then I'll be level nine when I'm in ninth grade. And then maybe I could skip level 10 or then I can do level 10 and 10th. And then I can be elite in my 11th and 12th grade. And then I can go to the Olympics in 2008. Like that was my whole thing. I had it all like mapped out, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was very, very aware of the fact that I was 13 and I was in level seven. I was, I think there was one other gymnast who was in level seven, who was my age. And that poor gymnast got ignored all the time. Hmm. I mean, it was like one of those things where like, it was just sad the way that she was treated. I don't know if she remembers it or I haven't, I haven't seen her or spoke to her since I quit, but um, yeah. So I knew that I was quote unquote old. And when I went to competitions, nobody else on my team was in my, was in my award group. Mm -hmm. And I didn't look my age, which was, I guess, cool (laughs) to me at the time. Mm -hmm. I looked like I was like maybe nine or 10, 
to be honest. Mm -hmm. But I definitely felt like this pressure to be more intense in the gym, to be quicker with getting new skills to be. And, and when I didn't, it was like, it was very sad for me. I mean, I remember when I was 13, I remember like talking to an elite at my gym and I was like, Oh snap. Like she's 13 too. And she's elite. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I was kind of like, well, what does that mean for my dream? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's human nature to do that. And Mm -hmm. like, if you don't have anybody in your group, the same age, it's natural that you're going to think about people who are your age. And in, in your case, like the other 13 year old was an elite. So, I mean, that's kind of demotivating, like, and it's, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny. She, cause okay. The reason I, this topic even came to me was a few Well, I've always considered like how important it is for people to have like somebody, at least one other person with, you know, similar goals, like somewhat similar skill level in order to, you know, keep that motivation. But what really brought it to mind was when I, like a month or so ago, I watched the 92 Olympic compulsory team compulsories for the first time since it um, was actually on TV which is when I first saw gymnastics on TV. Did you ever see the 92 Olympics? Have you ever watched it? Um, I have watched it some of it recently, like within the last few years, but I haven't actually watched it like in its, in its entirety. I started with 96 and I had to have full magnificent, magnificent seven VHS that I watched a thousand times. <laughs> but it had, so, so you, so you don't know if you've seen the compulsories for 92. I definitely think I definitely haven't watched that competition. No, I'm I'm sure I've seen clips, but I haven't watched the competition. The reason I ask is because I was so surprised when I watched it. I was almost like shocked because the way they, they broke that up. I mean, there were six gymnasts from each team. Every gymnast went to their event alone. Mm -hmm. Like maybe Betty Okino and Kim Zameskel were in the same. So they had like maybe two gymnasts from each country in every rotation or every subdivision. Mm-hmm. So the first two gymnasts went and did their two events or did all four. And then Kim and Betty came in and did, but they were not on the same equipment. So when Kim Zemeskel did her, did her beam routine where she fell, cause that's all that people, people remember that she got off the beam and then she went to her coach and none of her teammates were there. I, I watched, I was like, that's so different from how it is today. Like, I wonder if that yeah, was like, so strange. How if that even played in? Like you didn't have they didn't have any teammates. You're warming up by yourself. You're going up your first, you know, events of the Olympic Games, and then you get off the equipment, and then and then you just you greet your go to your coaches for feedback, and none of your teammates are around even to give you a hug. I'm like that's like crazy. <laughs> yeah. That is probably the closest they ever got to like what you and I are experiencing of like, okay, we're just training alone. And like, yes, my, my young teammates were very supportive, but it was just like, it, 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 for me, it felt more like, oh, I'm like the big, big sister or like, even like some of them are young enough to be my kid if I had kids. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was just overall like demotivating for me because the only people that I could talk to really were my coaches 
And I noticed that the more I became friends, so to speak, with my coaches, the less feedback they would give me. I think they just. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, they just felt like, oh, well, you're our friend now. You're my friend now. So I can't give you constructive feedback. I remember the first time I experienced that where like everybody like we were on beam and everybody got feedback. And then like and then she watched me and then it was like, okay, let's go to the next one. I'm like, no, (laughs) what about me? Right. Totally. You know, and, and I think that like, for me, my experience was like, it's not that I, I mean, the, the people that I was with, that I was training with, they, I, I did get motivated by them in a lot of ways. I did feel kind of like, not, I guess a rivalry. It was healthy at first. Um, it's just that when the coaches started making it more, I don't know, the coaches really soured that for me. The one area where I felt lonely was at that I was the only kid that would like openly say, because I don't know who, what was in these other kids' heads, but that would openly say like, I want to go to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it like to my coaches because it would, I, I don't know. I was like nervous to talk to them about it, mm-hmm. but I, I would um, say it to like my, my, I almost said coworkers, my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, workers <laughs> yeah yeah but I I was like super sorry about my dad's working I was like super obsessed with gymnastics and they weren't like they didn't watch world championships they didn't watch like every single thing they could find on the tv you know they didn't have like international gymnast magazine back when it was an actually a magazine you know what I mean well what do you mean when you say you feel like your coaches soured any t- kind of um, rivalry, so to speak. Well, because, you know, literally like towards the end of, of my gymnastics, like my JO career at that time, I literally was being told that I sucked compared to the other gymnasts. Like they would literally say like, look at, look at so-and-so you like, why can't you do it? And it's like, well, I can do it. I'm just like having a bad day or like, maybe, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's your coaching. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's, that's what did it for me. Like it made me feel like bitter Mm -hmm. towards my teammate. Yeah. What do you think now? Neither one of us, I mean, well, I haven't done gymnastics really in a while, except very sporadically this year in the training that you have done recently, do you have people that you see consistently when you go to the gym that are training and do any of them have similar goals like you in terms of competing again on a JO level? I don't know. I think people get nervous to talk about stuff like that because they don't want to take the joy out of it. Maybe it's definitely something that like I need to like maybe just ask more people more (laughs) more often you know um well you bring up a good point because I feel like there's this way we talk about gymnastics or in a lot of endeavors where it's oh I do it for fun or I do it to get good it's like why why is there why are those two so separated like me like I enjoy the process of becoming good at something you know it's like yeah in my job I 
want to be good at those things. And I also enjoy it. Like, I don't think I could, I could work to get better at it if I didn't already enjoy it. But it, I feel like it's, it's strange how in gymnastics, especially as adults, we're expected to, you know, if we're, if we're competing or training to get better, then that automatically means that we're not having fun doing it. Because people ask, mm-hmm. sometimes people ask other like people, and it's fine if you don't want to compete or don't, or just want to like do it and don't have any specific skills or things to learn in mind. But it's like the way some people respond to that is like, oh, are you competing? And it's like, no, I'm just doing it for fun. It's like, oh, okay. But I think competitions are fun. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, definitely. And I think that if you look at like other hobbies that are out there, like, let's say like learning an instrument, you don't just like learn one song. You, you want to learn more than that. You want to, in that way you get better. And I think that gymnastics is like that too. And for some people competing is like the part that, you know, that's the, I guess that's the song. That's like the performance of the song. You know what I mean? I think what you are saying about people don't like to talk about it. I think that could be Mm -hmm. very interesting in terms of who knows how many adults there are walking around with these unfulfilled dreams, because I think about how many times people that aren't even in gymnastics, it's kind of like they, they want to like, they're not, they're not satisfied until they kind of get it out of you. Like, and they have a chance to say, Oh, it's like they, uh, it's almost like I'm like paraphrasing like, oh, okay. As long as you're not trying to get good, then, okay, I can approve of this endeavor of yours. It's like, it's, I've had conversations where people will not, like they, they get so much satisfaction. It seems like from, from telling you that, okay, as long as you understand that you're not getting any good, then, okay, I'm happy with this conversation. It's like, who are you? And like, why do you feel the need to like say that about Mm -hmm. some things? It's like, you don't you don't hear people say that to like somebody going back to medical school and they're like forties or fifties, like, Oh, okay. As long as, okay. Like you're not actually trying to become like a working doctor. Who's really like going to save lives. Right. Oh, good. Okay. Just, just, just glad to know you're just doing this for like your self edification. (laughs) I honestly, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I feel you on that. I, I think that it's changing though. Mm-hmm. I think that it's changing. Um, and I think that's because of the the community online, because like I see so many people online that one motivate me because they're doing bigger school skills than me, mm-hmm. or they're going to the gym more than me, which I would totally be in the gym more if I could. But also, you know, they talk about wanting to get better or wanting to compete again and stuff like that. It's just that. And I think that by seeing it more, like people seeing it more, like and seeing you talk about it or do it more, then they'll just kind of like, eventually they, I don't know. They don't say anything. They don't like judge you as much, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I think it's with other, for, for other people, for other people, like there's this like kind of a big wave. And I think maybe the pandemic like has also been a factor in that. Cause I think a lot of people have like changed careers or started a small business or they've, had these goals of doing a marathon or like, you know, whatever else. Um, so I think that people are just changing their minds a little bit as far as I can tell, um, when it comes to like pursuing a dream or pursuing a passion. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, 
I definitely think that the online community is super motivating and it doesn't necessarily replace the value of having somebody in the gym with you, but I think it makes it a lot easier. And yeah, as far as how the pandemic has affected what line of career people are choosing and how it's affected their main career pursuit or their pursuing other hobbies that they weren't before the pandemic, I think there's definitely been an effect. And if nothing else, I think it's not so much about everybody understanding your dreams or goals. It's more of, I will be just perfectly happy when I don't have to explain it to anybody. And I think we are getting closer to that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, same. And I, I think that, I don't know, I, I've become a little bit more comfortable with, 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 I used to be afraid to say that I wanted to compete. Mm-hmm. I used to be scared to, to talk about that. And I think that last year I really shed that, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which has been, which has been really nice. And I'm hoping to, to be able to openly say, you know, what my goals are. Like, for example, the fact that I want to compete in jail and that I would like to be able to do level 10 skills, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like that. I, it's just that, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of it has to do with like feeling like I'm going to jinx myself, you know? Yeah. But you would never have felt that as a kid. Like that, if you said it, you were jinxing yourself. No, no, I didn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, but now I feel like, okay, well, and this is, I don't know. It's just something I have to work on. Yeah. You know, I understand. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even really been good about articulating to myself what, if any goals I had in gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And I think I did tell you recently that, okay, yes. I mean, I think NAIGC, AAU and Excel are great. And I'm definitely open to, to, doing those in competition, especially as I kind of start, start wading into competitions more, but my goal is J-O. It is to get to, I don't even know, like, I think all of the, the bar keeps getting higher and higher every year. Like what was level four for me is probably like level two now. (laughs) I don't even know, (laughs) but I think I just want to do, I want to get to optionals for J-O, which I think is either level seven or level eight by level six now. Oh, 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 okay. Okay. Well, I still like the, the sound of level seven. So I'm just going to say hey, yes, yes. Level seven by there you go. 2024. And I think that's totally doable if I can, you know, stay consistent in terms of, yeah. and I, and yeah, I like, I understand what you mean about not wanting to say it and not wanting to jinx it. I think for me, it's felt easier and comfortable not to have like if you leave it very open-ended, well, then you're always meeting your goals. It's like, my goal is to just do the best I can. Well, then there's always a way to convince yourself that you're doing the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing that I've, that that's the thing that I've learned now as, as an adult is that you do have to kind of be more clear and open with what your goals are. And then it's, it's easy. It's like, okay. Like, you know, as a therapist, right we are taught how to make smart goals, time measurable, realistic, you know, that whole, the whole spiel, like that's what we're taught. And so I have learned how to incorporate that, incorporate that into my real life, you know, my everyday life. And also 
I've tried to do it with gymnastics. And I think that, you know, there's time periods of like demotivation, like, you know, we've talked about like lately just being injured and stuff like that. But ultimately, yeah, like I, I, I do. I love that. I love that we're talking about being specific and having a specific end goal, you know? I think, yeah, I think it's, I'd love and agree with having specific goals. I think you have to not get too, too specific. And by that, I mean, I remember a few years ago, I had very specific skill goals when realistically you just don't know like how long a certain skill might take. And um, if you are going to experience any, any issues like injury wise. And so I think you do have to be careful Yeah, you don't want to have a series of skill specific goals that you didn't meet because every goal that you didn't meet and it's fine not to meet them, but it it can kind of demotivate you and that can kind of compound over time. So I'm I'm trying to be more realistic because if I say my goal is to get to level seven by 2024, it's something that I can there are multiple paths to get there and there are concrete things like, okay, these skills on all of these events that I have to get. And then as long as I think it's also important that you don't, if you have multiple ways to make sure you're going, that you're staying on track. Mm -hmm. For me, I've learned that it's important to not move that goalpost. Like I don't want to Cause that just like opens up the door for procrastination. Like I don't want to be sitting here a year from now and saying like, okay, my goal is to get to level seven in 2025. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 No, totally. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just saying that because that's something I found that I have done in other areas of my life. And I think I've talked mm-hmm. about this with you and I have like three or four things in my life, like career, other things that I'm in another like hobby I'm interested in uh, this podcast and then gymnastics. And I always want to be keeping the momentum forward and Mm -hmm. never finding myself in six months time that one, my, I, my goals timeline has to be pushed forward. And it's only because I didn't take any action. Like I, like I told you, I found a to-do list from like two years ago and I have, literally had the same things on my to-do list that I still want to do like year after year after year. And it's like, I read, or I was listening to some like podcast recently. It was like a, it was like a career related podcast. And the woman who was being interviewed was saying, we get so impatient or angry at other people, not necessarily that we express, but we get so sick of other people's bullshit, but we need to start getting sick of our own and I'm yeah. just this for me, like I, it's one thing if I didn't still want to accomplish these things, but I'm not willing to drop them from my to-do list. So I need to find a way to get them done because there's nothing I think worse for me than to feel like I haven't made any progress, even though I know I have, you know, I'm not trying to be too hard on myself, but, but there are certain areas of my life where I, I deserve to be hard on myself. <laughs> <laughs> It's worth <laughs> Well, I think I think that having someone who's kind of like an accountability buddy or someone that you can like say, okay, I was thinking about, you know, working on my handstand today, but I didn't feel like it. And I'm like, oh well, do it. Just do it. You know what I mean? Like 
that helped. Yeah, I think so too. And even that can be, it can be hard. I really value having you in my life to talk to you about that. And I'm, I can, I have to say that I, having somebody in my life to keep me accountable is not something that I've always been open to. I don't even really like accountability, like partner, like as a, as a phrase. Cause it's like, I I've had experiences where I've signed up for these programs and they'll like randomly pair you up with somebody. It's like, I don't, I don't like the random aspect. I think you have to kind of let those people find you or find those people. And you'll just know when it's the right person. Like I don't, I am a firm believer that you need somebody like a, a training partner or an accountability person to kind of keep you on track. But I also think you can't force it because you have to really be vulnerable and it has to be somebody you trust enough where it's okay that they're going to kind of like call you out every now and then, or just tell you like, no, I think what you said contradicts what you actually, (laughs) actually mean. Yes. Yes. I agree. It does need to be organic. So just kind of looking ahead, if you could craft your ideal like training environment in terms of like in the gym, how many people would you be training with and like how, if at all their skill levels differed from you to keep you motivated, what would that be? I I think like two to three people is like a really good number. And I feel like having people that maybe are a little bit more advanced than me, or at least on the same, you know, I, I think that's really what helps in terms of training environment. I mean, honestly, like it's so, it's, it's so, hard even to think about because I'm like I just need to find a place that's not an hour and a half away from me (laughs) you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. it's it's even hard to even picture um but I think that that would for sure be very helpful yeah yeah same I I think for me like two to three sounds good I mean even one or just two for me would be nice Mm -hmm. um I think consistency is important because I think my experience outside of the JO training environment in, in a lot of adult gymnastic situations is that there's such a high variety in like people's schedules and like just a high turnover of who's there um, yeah. on a practice to practice basis. But also like for me, I agree with having like people like, I don't mind if it, I don't, I, I honestly don't mind if everybody is on a higher skill level than me, as long as um, I'm improving and as long as, um, you know, they're nice, yeah. good people. <laughs> but also yeah. it would be nice if I was like, <laughs> maybe this is going to sound terrible, but I want to be better at everybody, at least at one thing, even if it's just like, oh, I I can hold up, like I, I can do the most number of pull-ups. Like I just need, even I just need... Mm-hmm that to be an attainable goal. Like I don't have to start off being like the best at one thing. I just think it's, it's, it's for me, it's something that is motivating because if everybody is better than me at everything, and I don't even feel like I could be better at one thing. I just, I just have that experience from just like taking a lot of like dance classes in LA. And especially before the pandemic, I would go to the same one at a gym near me where a lot of, it was like a beginner class, but there were the, these practically pro dancers that showed up and I was just not good at anything compared to them. But then I remember we had like a, 
a plank contest and I won because it was the one thing that uh-huh. I, I could hold. Um, uh-huh. But again, like it wasn't all that healthy. Cause I just, I remember I was just, I was sore for like a week after that. I, I felt like I had like heartburn because <laughs> I, I had pushed myself too far. So it probably wasn't, it was still like what I needed in order to feel. And maybe that's like, that's ego playing into it. But I feel like it's, it, you need to feel realistically that you can start catching up to the people around you because like, that's what was missing for me in my JO training environment. Cause it's like, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be able to compete with people who haven't gone through puberty yet. <laughs> you know? Well, so. I mean, it's just, it's just different, you know? And I think that I, it is demotivating when you are feeling like that behind or you're feeling like and, and you, you're compare constantly comparing yourself to people who have different experiences so I understand like as long as you have that one area where you feel like okay I'm excelling at this then you want to keep doing it because it's rewarding yeah yeah and I think even that might not be necessary if you just if you're just able to just keep your ego in check or really stay focused on you know how much you enjoy the process It just, I think it's just, it comes down to a lot of factors. And for me, like there were a lot of things that just didn't work in the JO scenario. Like I wasn't happy with my job. I was still working as an engineer, which I absolutely hated. And so there were, there were like a lot of factors that were involved, but yeah, I think, I think it just goes to show that there are really a lot of ways to make training gymnastics work. I think it just, unfortunately it, sometimes it just takes several tries and we don't always, it's not always easy to get those tries in adult gymnastics. Like I, it's been like 10 years since I left that gym and I haven't found a similar one where I could, you know, tweak what I did in my approach because I haven't been able to find one again. So yeah, that being said, I think it's the right time and more gyms are being, gyms are becoming more accessible to adults. So we'll yeah. see. I haven't, haven't given up yet. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. Me either. Thank you for listening to this episode of Better Late. 